You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is a social media platform designed for and by outdoorsmen. Go Wild is a place to connect with other outdoorsmen, find fishing and hunting tips and tactics, and you can even research and buy your gear. Join hundreds of thousands of other hunters, fishermen, and outdoorsmen and experience what this community is all about. Download it today at DownloadGoWild.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I am sitting up in my office. If you're listening to this at right away on Wednesday morning, just know that I sacrificed sleep today tonight to uh, to to put this episode out. It's really late right now. Uh, I had a whole bunch of work to do. I had to be a chauffeur for the kids. Uh, I had to run. I had to make like. Let's see, I had to make multiple trips into town. One, because I really wanted to. I got. I finally got my bow shipped to me while I was gone in Nebraska hunting. By the way, full recap of that hunt coming uh, probably next week just because I got to get lined up uh, some time to do the interview with the guy that I went with. But uh, went and got the, uh, my new bow set up. I got a Bowtech solution. That fucker is slick. Man, I tell you, I tell you, I got it set up really good. Um, I spent some extra time with the Bowtech at um, at Shields in Iowa City, and uh, he really he really broke it down for me. He really like quarter twist here, you know, making sure that the cams were hitting both at the same time. The peep was in the right spot. The kisser button was in the right spot. The um, it wasn't making any crazy noises. I mean, that is a dart. It's shooting darts now. So the only thing I really have to do is um, really adjust the rest a little bit to make sure it's um, maybe I, I might do some paper tuning, but for sure sighted in and I'll let you know how all that uh, goes on a, probably through social or whatever. But today we are going to be talking about uh, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about staging areas. Staging areas are literally my favorite place to hunt when it comes to pinch points, bedding areas. I, I just feel that staging areas can offer a lot. They can offer a they can offer you an opportunity at a buck when he is at his most vulnerable. Uh, and what I mean by that, I'll break I'll break that down. 
But I think the first thing that we really need to do is define what a uh, define what a staging area is, and we're going to do that as soon as I get done with these commercials. And I'm sorry, but I got to do the commercials. All right. So first uh, company up, Exodus Trail Cameras. I'm telling you right now, it's a company that I believe in. It is uh, the people that work there are passionate about the outdoors. They're passionate about their um, their product that they sell and they want you to be successful. You can text them or you can call them and leave a message and they will respond to you. They Not, not only that, they also offer a five-year warranty and a theft replacement uh, warranty where if your, uh, your trail camera is stolen, then you can get another trail camera for half off. Okay, so uh, these guys are really working hard to gain the trust of their uh, of their end user, of their customers. And not only all these cool benefits, the camera itself is the big benefit. You turn it on. You leave. You should have confidence in in your trail cameras. And I have confidence when I'm running my uh, when I'm running my uh, Exodus outdoor gear cameras. They work, period. And that's all I want. Right for me, I don't need all the fancy bells and whistles. These guys have the bells and whistles. If you want to play around with them, I'm not that guy. I want a trail camera that works, and Exodus is that trail camera that I trust and that I have confidence in. So, if you want to find out more about Exodus uh, trail cameras, visit ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Ozone, Ozonics. Um, been using this these products for a very long time. Ozone has its place in the scent control game, in my opinion, over carbon, way, way over carbon, like carbon's played out, um, sprays like scent elimination sprays. I don't know what people are thinking when they buy those scent elimination sprays. I am not going to use them. Uh, they, they don't work. What does it, if you spray your clothes down with scent elimination spray, but you have, nasty ass breath that spray isn't going to do anything to what you've just sprayed all over your body it 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 makes no sense to me right but ozone does it distorts your scent uh, profile downwind and i've seen it work a thousand times i can sit here and talk about it all all night long about the benefits of o3 uh, ozone, uh, especially with an Ozonics. Uh, I am a huge fan of using their, uh, using their dry wash bag in their closet. And I'm telling you right now, uh, it do, it's, it's based off science. It works, right? It, uh, it, it kills bacteria, destroying odor, period. That's what O3 does. Right. And so not only does it work on your clothes and when I do, when I do a dry wash cycle, I walk into the woods, I feel invisible. But while you're in the tree, it distorts your scent profile enough to where the deer get downwind of you and they're like, man, what is going on? They can smell it, but they don't smell danger. That's that's all I'll say. So if you want to find out more information about uh, Ozonics and all the different units and, and combo packs that they offer, visit OzonicsHunting.com. And I do have a discount code here, and that is. For a free dry wash bag with a purchase of one of their units, enter the discount code NFC21, NFC21. All right, next we have Excalibur crossbows. Um, here's what I'm going to say about this. I personally don't use a crossbow, right? I can't in the state of Iowa. But what I can tell you is that 
through conversations with people who do use crossbows, with conversations with guys like Todd Snader, uh, who represent that brand, the, they are made with superior products or uh, materials. They are made with superior engineering. It's a keep it simple, stupid type design. And at the same time, it's a company that has been around for a long time. So not only do they, they, you know, they've been around for a long time. So that means they have a foundation of customer service that allows a product like that to sell and continue to sell and be successful. So um, it's a badass bow, badass people. And I like aligning myself with companies like that. Uh, Someday I'll probably be shooting a crossbow, uh, but right now I'm not. So like I always say, if you're looking for a crossbow for yourself or for a child or for uh, someone who is maybe past their prime, so to speak, definitely check out ExcaliburCrossbow.com and take a look at their Twin Strike 2-Shot. Uh, that's their brand new one. It's crazy. Two two arrows at one time can be shot. So it it's, uh, it's a very unique. It's very unique. So check it out, ExcaliburCrossbow.com. And lastly, uh, my, my other appendage, my lone wolf tree stand. I'm a fan of the four sticks. Oh, uh, here, let me tell you a little story real quick. I went into, uh, shields today and I was looking at all of the, um, tr- tree stands that they were selling. And I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these, tri- uh, these tree stands and I'm, I'm trying to apply their design to how I hunt. And they were selling 13 different tree stands and only three of them could do what I wanted them to do. And two of those were lone wolf uh, portable tree stands. (laughs) So uh, there's nothing else that I could use. So, you know, especially in crooked trees and that's where they shine. Crooked trees, run and gun mentality, uh, quiet setting up quiet tearing down the the um the ability to adjust the uh seat and adjust the platform and adjust the the base so it all sits level even in a crooked tree and that what the, what that does is it puts you in the right spot the right spot not the closest tree that fits your tree stand but in the right tree that's going to give you the shot out opportunity and sometimes that can be a five yard difference man so uh lonewolfhuntingproducts.com and if you want to save 50 bucks enter the discount code 9fc21 at checkout and you're going to save $50 off of all purchases over $200 boom now we're done all right i'm going to take a sip of this basil hayden real quick that's a bourbon for those of you guys who don't know it's so delicious it's so delicious all right what are we talking about today staging areas we got to define a staging area and I, and it's a broad stroke, right? It's a huge paintbrush. The way I define a staging area is in a deer's bed to food pattern. A staging area is an area across that bed to food pattern where the deer slow down, they stage up and whether they stage up just to wait for other deer to get in their area and you know it's a social setting or it is a setting where deer are very observant they slow down and they maybe side hill a food plot or side hill an ag field so they can catch everything coming off 
All right. So it's any area that deer slow down in and hold up and stage in the staging area and stage in before they move off into a destination food source. Now, I'm not going to get into destination food sources right now, what those are. I hunt in Iowa, um, and a destination food source really is just a, a bigger ag field. It can be a bigger food plot. It can be an oak flat. It can be anything that uh, um, deer spend a lot of time feeding in throughout, you know, throughout the evening. All right. So what does a staging area now look like? Um, here is an example that I find the most, right? I, I talk a lot about me being a field edge hunter uh, back in the day. And the moment that I started moving off of the field edges further back into the timber, I started seeing more deer. And I didn't know it at the time, but those places that I moved into were the staging areas, right? So in Iowa, in several other states, uh, in really any area that has a big ag or um, a lot of edge, maybe timber to edge CRP or timber to river bottom uh, or wherever, what you're going to have is where open field meets big timber, there is a point where more sunlight gets into the timber thus causing more vegetation, thicker cover, and uh, there's, there's this buffer between the wide open and the, uh, and the open timber. This is where I moved off of the field edges and started hunting all these years ago. That's where I noticed more sign. And that's where I noticed deer would come off of their beddings in more of an open timber setting, right? Uh, off the, the knobs, off the points, off the, uh, the spur ridges, you know, uh, off maybe uh, a little thick, you know, some maybe th thicker parts of the timber deeper into the, uh, uh, into the timber. And they would work their way up the trails, heading to the big egg, heading to the destination food source, maybe an oak flat or an oak ridge, uh, uh, I don't know, food plot, whatever. And they'd hit these, these areas that are thicker in nature and they would just start slowing down and they would lay a lot of sign. I'd, I'd watch them make scrapes. I'd watch them make rubs. Um, when I would do my, my postseason scouting, I noticed in these areas there was more old sign, more rubs, more scrapes. Um, during the season scouting, if I had ever needed to do a little extra scouting during the season to locate something, I would notice that this is where a majority of the sign was. Now, a lot of people will walk field edges and they'll see, they'll see scrapes and they'll see some rubs. But one thing from my experience, I noticed that when you step into these staging areas off of those field edges, you know, sometimes, sometimes it can be 20 yards deep. Sometimes it can be a hundred yards deep. It just all depends on, on the, the lay of the land. But what you have here is, like I said, an area where they slow down, they start to socialize, they lay a lot of, um, a, a lot of sign. So this, that's what a staging area looks like. Uh, from my experience now other places that I've seen uh, deer stage in before they hit a main food source that maybe is not uh, um, as obvious would be feathered edges okay so uh, and what I mean by a feathered edge is maybe it's an erosion strip where the timber ends 
and before they get to the timber, there's some tall or the, the ag field, there's some tall grass and they just kind of chill in there before they hit the, the main ag or, or the destination food source. Um, a lot of times they'll just kind of stop and look around. Uh, a lot of times they might even rebed down in this tall grass before they head out to eat. And, and sometimes they'll get up. Uh, they may uh, just chill out there for a second, bed down in this until dark, and then stand up again and start to feed. And I don't know, man. I, I've seen I've seen that as well. But um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of another example of a staging area that I've seen. Oh, in river bottom ground. All right. So what I've found is as a river will turn and twist and turn through the landscape, uh, sometimes it creates these peninsulas. And deer and on these river bottom on this river bottom ground, if it's you know if cattle aren't in it or if uh, there's ability the ability for a lot of sunlight to get into these areas, they can be thick and nasty and turn into some real good bedding areas. And as they come out of those river bottom peninsulas or bedding areas, they will work their way up the peninsula. And usually, what I've found is that that opens up a little bit because there's more mature trees in these areas. And again, this is from my experience, more mature trees in this area, bigger canopy, less vegetation on the bottom. And that is where they, they make their sign. So in that scenario, it's almost opposite of what happens up top um, on the, the big ag fields where it goes from open timber, thick, thicker along the fence lines and field edges all the way to the the ag field and in the river bottoms it's thicker bedding cover they work their way through an open timber area right along that edge right along the edge of where the the thick bedding meets the open timber before they head out to the ag field and that is where they lay their sign so it's one of those things where a staging area it can, it's defined as a place where deer slow down and hang out and socialize and lay sign but at the same time it does a, a staging area doesn't really in my opinion doesn't really have a uh, a face if that makes sense it doesn't look the same every single place like downwind of a bedding area right i mean a bedding area can be wherever deer bed uh, a pinch point is a, a place that terrain or man-made or natural things funnel deer those are all kind of that's going to kind of be the same but there's no real face to a staging area staging areas can even be smaller food plots that guys make i got a buddy uh, here in iowa his name's tom peplinski so he'll make these giant food source destination uh, uh food plots but then he'll go further into the timber or along uh some edge or some kind of uh, uh, really good uh, uh, travel corridor, and he'll throw a micro plot in. He calls them them his kill plots, and he hunts those. He doesn't ever really hunt the destination food source, except for maybe during the gun season. But when he's archery hunting, he pull he sets up these these little destinate these uh, these micro plots, these very small food plots that the deer will stage in, they'll hit, they'll stage, mess around there before they make their way to the big ag. So again, there's no real face to uh, a staging area. 
It's just the, there are indicators that this could potentially be a staging area sign, uh, maybe even some beds, um, uh, uh, a lot of maybe scat, you know, all that stuff in, in these things. Now, how do you hunt those? Right. And here's my experience. How do I hunt a staging area? It's 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 my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite place to hunt because access is quite easy. You can, obviously you want to play the wind, but when it comes to access, uh, a staging area, you know, for the most part, if you get in there early enough for an afternoon hunt, the deer are not going to be in there. There's, they're still going to be in their beds. If you get in there early enough, um, you can get in there, you can set up on them and you're going to have plenty of time before they start coming through. Now, mornings are a bit more difficult because you really don't know when a deer is heading back to the their beds but that's why access is very important uh, on a lot of my staging area uh, hunts i have lock tight uh, lock tight access routes on multiple winds and in these staging areas i have multiple tree stands right so if i have a, a predominant south wind i know that i can get away with hunting on the north side of the staging area if i have a north wind i can hunt on the south side and, and vice versa with the east and the west depending on how terrain dictates deer movement through those staging areas so i like i like staging areas because you you really get the ability to hunt a staging area on whatever winds you want. Uh, a lot of my staging area uh, uh, tree stand locations are on the lower part as far as terrain. So the wind comes over top of the terrain um, and the deer are on the lower end as far as terrain is concerned. Um, there is there's there's usually some edge involved or a big terrain feature maybe even a subtle terrain feature like a spur ridge that runs parallel or perpendicular or even diagonal into this area that they just feel really comfortable coming in so if you get your tree stand um, set up in the right way and you're hunting the right wind there's going to be different access points or access routes to your tree stands that are in there based off of the wind direction, right? So that's something that you learn by playing around with it. And you learn by how do deer use these staging areas, both in the afternoons and in the mornings based off of the wind direction. So you get in there, you set up on a South wind. Oh man, they came down wind to me up. They busted me. So you got to move your tree stand or uh, a North wind or they're way, they're way too far upwind to me i got to move even close even deeper into this but i live by the rule of 90 where i will walk in take a long way let's say up a ridge uh, or down a ridge into uh, or i should say a draw down in walk the bottom of it and as i uh, come up to you know I, I become parallel with the staging area that's when i 90 degree hook into the uh, tree stand location and walk right into it now, uh, here's a couple cool things that uh, you can do in in uh, staging area, and a lot of it is is based off of the terrain, how it lays. Probably won't be doing this in really flat ground, but I know I can get away with it in certain um, certain scenarios where the wind will blow over top of the of the deer movement. So if I have good thermals, I'm not worried. If I have 
thermals pushing down, I probably wouldn't hunt that stand. I'd get in there. I'd probably have to move to a different stand within that staging area. And, and what happens is if there's a good predominant wind, it's not necessarily a, a howler wind, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's fairly brisk. My scent will go over top of the deer movement. That's technically downwind to me, but because the terrain allows me to get away with it, they're, they're most of the time they're lower than me or the trail hugs real tight to the tree that I'm in. So it's like a 10, a 10 yard shot. If something does come through those trails. I have the ability to have that wind blow over them, uh, and I can hunt. I can hunt same that same stand on a, let's just say a north and a south wind because the they're lower on a south they're low, way lower than me on a south wind, and my scent's blowing way over the top of them. The next thing is that on a staging area, um, especially when you're hunting ag, like big ag. Uh, I've noticed this. You want to keep the same access route on the way out unless the wind shifts, right? So you there's there's a reason you're accessing that stand location in a staging area. It's because you don't want you don't want your wind A blowing into the staging area or B blowing into the destination food source at dark uh, or walk out of that destination food source at dark. So what happens is a lot of people, um, and I used to do this too. I'd get, get into a staging area set. I'd set up money, but now I have to get out. So I do, I take the lazy way out and I just follow the deer trail out to the field edge and then walk back to the truck on the, it's the path of least resistance, but I'm bumping deer like crazy getting out of there. Sometimes they're still in the staging area at dark. Sometimes they're past the staging area into the food source and either way along that along that path back to the truck through the staging area through the destination egg i'm bumping deer out so i take the back door and i walk the same access route that i took to get in and and leaving is just important and when i started doing that i'll tell you this right now i was able to sit tree stands more than that first time in best time in type scenario uh, I was able to get three, four, you know, five sets out of a particular uh, tree because I was real critical on my access. Um, and that plays a big role in the staging area conversation. So uh, what else was I going to say here? Let me pull up my notes. By the way, this bourbon's delicious. I hope... I hope everybody's getting fired up for this upcoming season, man, because I am, I'm getting fired up. Uh, see, all right. So we talked about edge, you know, what makes, you know, what, what makes uh, a staging area good, right? The deer slow down, they lay the sign. You can identify that. What makes a, um, a staging area better if a, a really good terrain feature runs up into it, you know, like all the deer travel just kind of runs right up into it and you can play off that you might be able to cut the wind on that terrain feature um, so that the deer really feel comfortable uh, coming in you use that terrain feature to suck the wind out but at the same time the deer are are using that to their advantage and uh, it just makes for a slam dunk type of type of shot and obviously you just have to wait for the right deer to come through the the thing that makes a staging area bananas is when you have that edge almost 
almost the type of edge that funnels deer in with the funnel of the terrain feature and the all the distinctions of a staging area all right there that is when you can sit um those are the places that i like to sit almost all day because i don't like to sit all day but if i'm gonna sit in a spot all day it's probably gonna be in a slam dunk uh, set like that where you have all those features all those benefits to sitting in a location the deer sign the edge the terrain feature the the thickness of the staging area before they head out to the ag field and uh i mean if you could find it around water that would even be better yet but i'm telling you man uh i love those and if i'm gonna sit all day i'm gonna sit in that place all day long Uh, especially with a good thermal rise on a let's say a cold day uh, one of those high pressure days where the thermals are rising man you can get away with murder literally murder in, in in some of those spots so those are a couple things to think of um we talked about access we talked about what uh a staging area looks like we talked about um uh you know the 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 yeah we talked about all that stuff right so i'm gonna keep this one short right i just wanted to the these unfiltered episodes are basically just me spitting my experience out again i don't know your properties I'm never going to tell you how you should do something. I want you to get out there. I want you to scout. I want you to look for the freshest sign. I want you to look for the terrain features, the edge. And as the year goes from early season to late season and that vegetation falls off, sometimes those trails change. Sometimes that edge becomes less distinct and more wide open. Sometimes even the staging area itself changes and goes to a different part of the ag field or the different you know they stage before that oakridge or wherever that destination food source is so as the seasons change you need to change with that staging area Um, but at the same time never lose sight of your access route i'm telling you man people get tired they get lazy and they just want to walk a deer trail off a field edge into this when they need to be using terrain to their advantage 90 degree into that and get those lock tight access routes so i'm going to call it a night i'm going to finish this glass of bourbon and i'm going to go to bed uh, because i'm tired as shit hopefully you guys are being safe out there wear your damn safety harness good vibes in good vibes out and remember it's fucking crazy out there right now um, people are people are that should be friends or enemies, and uh, I, I hate all of this stuff. So remember, uh, there's this golden rule my mom taught me: treat others the way that you want to be treated, kill them with kindness, positive vibes, and uh, good luck this upcoming season, man.